Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from Treasonable Studios in Los Angeles. You know what? I say that like every week for the last three weeks. It feels better every time. We are coming to you from Treasonable Studios. Everybody in the same room. Just can't stop being excited about that with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. He is a comedian who's originally from San Francisco. He toured for a decade and is now a writer and commercial and film actor in Los Angeles. Stoked to have him back on the panel in the room. Jeffrey Scott Hendrick, welcome, sir. We're all going to die. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, kinda, it's built in. Happy, happy, joy, joy. <laughs> We're all going to die. Is this, is this what happens when I don't feed y'all cheesecake? <laughs> you, do you have any any idea how unbelievably high you set the bar with that cheesecake? Well, yeah. you know, it's it's a welcome back to the studio and unbelievable. Thing. Thank it you, by me, the way. It took Thank me you. three days to eat it. It was so rich, and yeah. I covered it with strawberries every time. It oh, was, nice. Oh, dude. Welcome back. Yeah, <laughs> doubt the cheesecake's your ticket out. Oh man. <laughs> Well, the crust is the same that we grew up on. If you You eat too much up, you'll be throw up on. (laughs) Who'd have thought we'd bake you? Who'd have thought we'd bake you? In the kitchen where we make you. In the kitchen where we make (laughs) you. We eat it a lot because it makes us have snot. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Cheesecake is made in front of a live studio audience. (laughs) So many tangents that that we could take from there, but (laughs) unlike last week where we didn't actually finish the introductory section until about an hour into the show. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) It was was only at the halfway point, so. (laughs) Wow. Well, but uh, no, thank you for coming back and, thanks, and thank you for thanks. the uh, high praise on, on the cheesecake. Thanks for yeah. having me. I, you know, I figured, you know, and as you were saying, when, when you came in this morning, we've been doing this from our homes for yeah. the last year. And so I figure as much as people enjoy getting out in the world and like the door opens and the black and white has turned to color. Right. You know, Wizard of Oz reference, Pride Month. I I figure that lasts only for for a little bit. And then it's like, oh, fucking traffic. God, oh, you know. So to entice people, hey, you know, you don't have to get dressed up. You never did. That's why we do this as an audio instead of a video podcast. Uh, you know, Saturday mornings, no one wants to be camera ready. Uh, I would, I would so, like I would like to thank the couple from Oregon and the Jeep, Jeep Cherokee in front of me for driving 17 miles an hour for most of my journey here oh, to the nice. studio. Nice. <laughs> thank, thanks, Evergreen. So, yeah. So I figure, you know, first time uh, getting out of the house, coming to the studio, cheesecake. Jeez like thank you, cake. thank you for going that extra mile or dealing with uh, whatever was in your way for seventeen <laughs> of those extra miles. But thank you for being here. Looking forward to a rousing discussion. Uh, should be fun. Also, as always, we are joined by comedian, scholar, and the Black Voice of Reason. Always a pleasure to introduce Mister Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people. Good to be back with good old uh, Jeffrey here. You know, we we uh, we get into some really good discussions on here. <laughs> you know, we can, and you don't know which way it's coming, and you don't know which way it's going. 
Yeah, but it's coming. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, we, we keep you on your toes. Yes, That's you do. Part, oh. part of what we do. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah. See, what you folks don't understand is all the really, really twisted stuff we talk about before the tape ever rolls. <laughs> it's, it's a safety. You know, it's, it's like, you know, just safety valve before, you know, and let's... Get all that stuff out of your system, boys. It's got to be a, a reasonably okay show. You can't yeah. talk about the horse thing. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't do it. You know, I, I think people came up with a lot of new hobbies uh, <laughs> over the course of, of the pandemic lockdown. Uh, you baked. You you went, but you've always well, baked. Well, I... Yeah, I mean, it's not to new a degree. For you. There yeah. were, you know, I I honed some some of those skills. Okay. Got into like making new stuff. I, I'm amazed no one asked about the uh, eggplants on on the baking sheet in the kitchen. Short version of the story. By the time I got around to making baba ganoush last night, it was too late and too Who hot to run the oven. <laughs> Who is Bobby? Baba ganoush. Bobby so ganoush? like an eggplant uh, oh, spread. No, Delicious. No, from the old neighborhood back on hey. 64th Street. Bobby, hey, Bobby ganoush. ganoush. Hey, hey, Bobby, what are you doing? Are you doing? Yeah. That I uh, had a uh, had a roommate in college that, uh, you know, the topic came up of your your rock star hotel name. So if you ever have to check into a hotel under an assumed name or you need a fake name for going on air, that was his, uh, his sportscaster. Bobby Ganoush. Bob Aganoush. Bob Aganoush. <laughs> Mine paying tribute to uh, Van Halen, uh, Dan Sinidaway. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Sinidaway, your table is ready. Uh, but also, it's funny because I told a friend of mine who who was a DJ at the time about this, and he was like, I'm stealing that. And then someone else stole it, but uh, Mario Speedwagon. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was, that was a good one for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, Ed, Ed Zeppelin? <laughs> <laughs> or, or if you want a hotel name. Where where you can check in, it's easily recognizable. You'll you'll recognize it as soon as they call it, but no one will give a fuck that that person is in the hotel. Fred Durst. Uh, ah, <laughs> oh, poor Fred. I, I I didn't want to do that joke, but I I did it for the nookie. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, could have been Cleophus J. Watson. <laughs> <laughs> See, certain hotels, though, and especially these days, you know, with, with the new Jim Crow, yeah. uh, equally as popular as, as the short-lived new monkeys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Although, although when, uh, when they revived Leave it to Beaver, I mean, this is years ago. I actually remember getting in trouble for talking about this on my college radio show uh, is how long ago it was. But in in like the early nineties, they they did like a new Leave It to Beaver with Jerry Mathers and Tony Dow as as Wally and Wally and Beaver grown up. Okay. Doing their own fan. It lasted longer than uh, than the attempt to make the Brady's uh mm. a nighttime soap. Yeah. I don't even remember that. I, I think it made it a full season. Holy Probably cow. not. Mm. Kind of like the remake of Roots, huh? <laughs> well, that one, I mean, you know, it's, see, it's it, if they did a remake of Roots, but in the style of Spike Lee's Bamboozled, then like that would kind of fit in. Like, okay, bold choice. Uh, yeah, or or here you go for the for the next uh, Roots reboot. Do it like Jesus Christ Superstar, where it's all stages of musical. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, with it, it opens up with you know the the slaves and the slave masters mm. on a bus going out to the middle of the plantation. My name is Tobias, not Toby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it it doesn't have to be brilliant to be a bad idea. <laughs> or they could name him. He won't be it be it, it won't be Toby. It'd be Daquan. <laughs> yeah. No, man, it's more than money and prestige. It's the Quan. Well, I am not the Quan. I am Dr. David Robinson. (laughs) I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse. (laughs) And as already evidenced, we do have a lot to talk about. But first, a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America. And people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread Variants. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread Variants. The UK variant goes great with period dramas and tea with milk in it. The California variant made with avocados from Mexico. And the Brazilian variant that goes down so smooth it's like there's nothing there at all. Unmitigated Spread Variants. It's time for another peak. And we are going to be talking about that and and the re- potential retirement of, of this commercial uh, momentarily because we are days away from California reopening. June 15th, yep. full, full capacity at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Down yeah. on Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, it will be interesting. The 15th is just three days away, which means that today is the 24th Saturday of the new year and being the 12th of June that also means it's National Rosé Day, National Jerky Day and National Peanut Butter Cookie Day or as the Trump administration knew it National Food Pyramid Day. <laughs> uh it is it is also a uh, National Loving Day oh, and right. not not loving that's that's any day no, you can no, make it work. But National Loving Day, celebrating the 1967 Supreme Court decision that uh, Richard and Mildred Loving's marriage was actually legitimate. Him being a white guy, her being a woman yeah, of yeah. color. Got to put that in there nowadays. Can't leave well, that that's out. you know that's the reason why that is that white and a black woman getting married. Well, 1967 <laughs> to. Like what, 2012, 2013, uh, went from got us from interracial to same sex. 
When when uh, was same sex finally recognized as legal? I have marriage. Twenty thirteen. The fact that you have to even put a law together to get two people of you know of different race, they, they have to put a law together so they can get married. Yeah, because in the sixteen hundreds, they put a law together saying they couldn't. Yeah, but you but you were still allowed. <laughs> you know to, why, right? Right. Well, you still were allowed to rape and pillage, though. Well, the white man. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. But you but you could not. And then it wasn't well. The white woman was not in the 1600s when she decided to do what the white man was doing. They said, no, that's a disgrace to the nation. Correct. So they stopped her, and he was still able. And the Puritans, they call it uh, uh, the racial ideas. They would continue to do these different ideas. So every time there's a problem, we have to create an idea to change that. We could not allow you to do like the, 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 the one white dude who they whipped for um, sleeping with a black woman that he said was his, and she could actually write and do all these different things. But they said, well, is she a Christian? Well, we, you know, by Puritan, she would, because, you know, uh, but so what they did, they rewrote the law to make sure that she stays yeah. a slave. The Puritans, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. What, what a uh, bunch of fun-loving... Well, I think, I think Greg Proop said one of the best jokes about the Puritans. He says, you know, our ancestors were so uptight, the Dutch kicked them out. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, you and your, uh, your crazy ideas, we'd actually like to see our, our women's ankles and dance with them occasionally, so you guys got to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new world. Go, uh, go over there. So yeah, very very. Uh, it's amazing. Whenever you you know you bring up that law and you go, God damn it, we had to write a law for this shit. Well, and the thing is that 1967, that like weren't you what, born? Fifty five? No, I was. I wasn't around yet. I okay. was. I was still. I was. You know, a future nightmare for my parents. Because I was. Well, I got. I came in right when they signed the. Um, the vote, civil vote, rights. Civil right. rights. Yeah. 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 yeah but so, even then, am I you the know, old guy 67, in the room? you were 56. How are you? 58. I am the old guy in the room. Oh, wow. Oh, my okay. God. Yeah. Wow. You're yeah, my brother's age. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the years, it's the mileage, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's back when we had the Marlboro Man. Remember the Marlboro Man? Oh, God. Yeah. TV commercials for yeah. cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they made waking up to watch Saturday morning cartoons worth it. <laughs> no, no they, they didn't advertise on the cartoon channels. But, I, you know, uh, I, I have fond memories of early 70s. Oh, God. Yeah. Tastes good like a cigarette should, my friend. But uh, yeah. watching, uh, watching the, the Lone Ranger and Cisco Kid. Uh, on on channel not not well not the uh, not the war uh, the you know the old TV show oh yeah it was you know channel channel nine WGN before they they became superstation WGN yeah you know, they were they were the local channel running the the old westerns uh, you watched Rock Room Mornings. didn't you oh god well that but that was on channel thirty two that yeah. was you know, and that was out of, wasn't that out of Chicago that was out of Chicago well the thing with Romper Room uh, like Bozo they kind of franchised it so there were there were different romper rooms yeah in, there was had, like a Boston romper yep. room yep. and San Francisco we had we had uh, what was it Miss Jane so there was a Miss somebody in all these different yeah. major cities yeah, I think Chicago could, was yeah. Miss yeah. Sally yeah. yeah and I see I see Billy I see but yeah. right and you know you'd, but you'd I mean, be like, able to write in and yeah. get your name sometimes yeah. right but you that know whereas cool like in in St. Louis where you're watching the Chicago one where yeah. it's like I I see Billy and and I see Ramona and mm. I see Jeffrey yeah then you you got the Boston one you know it's you know I see Scott <laughs> <laughs> Benny. <laughs> 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 
Donnie and Marky, you Wahlbergs, you bastards. Quit beating up people of color. Jesus. But, I see uh, you with yeah, this mirror. So they, you know, with, with children's television, a lot of it was was regional. And, I mean, you know, stuff like one of the shows that I grew up watching, not a, not a Saturday morning thing, but uh, Son of Sven Gulli was was the Saturday night, you know, like comedic oh, the horror cre- host. Right. Who okay. is now on, yeah, he's nationwide on, on MeTV, uh, mm-hmm. Saturday nights. When I first, like, you know, discovered ah, that. See, you, you had know, him in, in, in the Bay Area. We had Bob Wilkins, uh, who was famous for always having the big cigar going. Well, in uh, L.A., they had Elvira. Right. Uh, right. Um, Creature oh, Feature. Uh, what was the dude's name? Uh, Zachary out of New York. Yep. Or Zachary Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, like, in the in the early, mid-'80s, when he did, like, a couple of guest spots on SNL, and I'm like, going, who the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, whereas like New York and East Coast people, are right? Like, Fucking Zachary, all right, yeah. yeah. Well, so now the show finally is some class. Yeah, nobody on the West Coast knew who Joe Franklin was, <laughs> and he's he's an absolute, you know, pillar of broadcasting well, out of New York. No, because uh, <laughs> I remember around the time that Billy Crystal was doing Joe Franklin, right? Uh, w O R, like we had just gotten cable in like '82. In, in the suburbs of Chicago. So there was, you know, Joe Franklin was on WOR. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, so it's like, oh, he's doing that guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, yeah, good times, old TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Good things. Yeah. Well, we are 143 days into the Biden administration. And as of today, we've got. Timberney. 599,510 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 33,415,841 confirmed cases with about 172.8 million people having gotten at least one dose of the vaccine with about 142.1 million of them, three in this very room, fully vaccinated. So... That is where we are at. No, 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 no. Go, go higher with the hand. Yeah, more of a, more of a. Yeah. <laughs> We've lost time and momentarily the giggles. We'll be right back. Well, I, was, uh... I saw his hand. I saw his hand. Oh, no. Oh, side. No, no, higher. Yeah. Not, ra- ra- not, not saluting, just waving. Raising the roof, not lowering the bar. Ah. Uh, that's great. But, uh, thank you. We but we'll, and we'll talk about lowering the bar, B A R R, later on in the show. R R R, because that is uh, that is important. But as long as we're talking about uh, coronavirus deaths and and whatnot, so June fifteenth, Super Tuesday here in California, mm-hmm. not because of any elections or anything, but because. We are opening wide up. I'm, you know, as long as we were referencing old SNL, uh, let's just go straight to the uh, McLaughlin Group format. And uh, California reopening in three days. Time and ship. Jeffrey Scott Hendrick, how soon till we fuck it up and close back down? Time and ship. Well, I will tell you, um, uh, Dave, uh, after hearing the people in Orange County who sat up and the woman said, well, why we got, why we can't just, you know, why we got to show our card? You know, you ain't got to show a card if you HIV. I'm sitting there going, bitch, your ass, that's a whole different virus. One virus will kill you from blood and, and, and saliva. 
The other one, the dude's just got to breathe on you to kill you. Okay. Well, and also, if it's like an HIV thing, that's before you're fucking. If yeah. if it's a, a COVID-19 thing, then everybody's getting fucked. Right. <laughs> it's, it's right, you know, you're sitting there going, I mean, and she thought she was making a point, you know, because they were protesting in front of OSHA, you know, and they wanted OSHA to change what's going on. And I'm sitting there going, you can't compare the virus Okay, you just can't. You got one that can kill you from twenty six feet. Okay, yeah. twenty six. Even if, and if you wear the mask and you sneeze or, or cough, it can. It still spreads eight feet. So without or within, either way, you're done. Okay, you're talking about you're you're trying to bring in AIDS, which you didn't embrace when people were trying to tell you that you couldn't get AIDS from standing next to someone or shaking their hand or anything. We went through the same. St- stupid shit mm-hmm. and it's, it's right up there lined up with the fact that we had to put a law together to say that you know a white person and a black person can get married that's how ignorant this is this still comes back to behavior the ignorance the arrogance and americans and they're just they're just fucking stupid well it yeah i mean recurring theme on this show is is people mistaking ignorance for a virtue or mistaking ignorance for for rugged individualism well, what is the whole thing? Like, it's like they're right up there. You, you got to put that woman in with the QAnon and the damn flat earthers. What is with the flat earthers? Where are they? There's a group. There's a group that believes that the earth is flat. And there are black people involved in it, too. I'm like. Oh, there, there are, like, famous people. Yeah. You know, what athletes. I, I, Who man, I, I wish I knew this is, this is one thing. And, and Jeff and I were talking about this before the show, before you got here, that there's, there is just so much stupid in the world. And this is one of those things, you know, I, I admit freely. I mean, I live in Los Angeles. I, I mostly deal with people who are associated with entertainment in one way or another. So there, I, I recognize I am in a bubble, right. and for for news and information to get an idea of how other people are thinking, I I look to news sources that you know are outside of my bubble, right. but not the shit that I don't I don't need to watch Fox News to know people are idiots. You know, just let me let me look at some headlines, go to some Wall Street Journal articles, I'll I'll get an idea of of the craziness. I don't need to delve full crazy, but yeah, there's, there's just no limit to stupid. Well, in this no, country. So, they and, can't socialize. Did you notice that socialization is becoming harder and harder? We have guys in my cigar lounge. We only drink, we're just drinking coffee and having a cigar. It's a, it's a, it's a conversation piece. Do you know how many people get thrown out, you know, for doing, for just doing idiot shit. You know, and and I just, define idiot shit. I mean, you're sitting there with a cup of coffee and a cigar, trying to have a conversation with other right. adults. What happens? Well, we'll end up have a, a flat earther sit down and try to tell us a story about flat earth. That we have a guy that's that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know believing in QAnon, or we'll have the guy. And then so, they're and wait a minute, and then they're you know they're trying to push their point. Then you got the guy who doesn't know when to shut the fuck up, or we got the guy <laughs> who uh, who who uh, is the egomaniac and he wants all of the attention on him, and he wants to tell you how great he is and all that he's done, but yet he doesn't want to pay his tab, or you got the guy that goes into the bathroom and pisses all over the fucking floor, yeah. and then he comes out and says, well, dude, dude, did you just come out of the bathroom? Uh, yeah, I did. Well, dude, did you piss all in front? Well, I, I, I probably did. Then motherfucker, clean it up. 
<laughs> you got to tell a grown yeah. man, you know, and if, if you can't aim that well, sit down. I'm not a bitch. <laughs> Don't call me a bitch. I didn't call you a bitch, but if you want me to call you one... I didn't you know, call you a bitch. I called you a blind, pissing motherfucker. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's just, it's just, you know. You don't want someone to call you a bitch. Don't act like yeah. a bitch. And then, <laughs> right. And then don't tell a black man that's 66 years old. Bro, you don't know nothing about no Jim Crow. Why would a white man say that to someone? Why would you tell, and matter of fact, a massively big black man, do not tell him, who grew up in the South, in Louisiana, you're going to tell him, oh, oh, man, you don't know nothing about no Jim Crow. And the dude, and, and you know, and you could, immediately the silence came in the room, and you could feel that one drop of sweat drop down into the center parts of your the crack of your ass because you could feel how quiet because someone's about to die <laughs> now and the dude and the, and the white dude is sitting there going what did i say wow. like, what the of course fuck? he did yeah yeah <sighs> insert foot into mouth oh okay sir i think we've discovered your problem you have athlete's tongue yeah <laughs> or the guy who has to be on the phone while he's in the line yeah you know what i'm saying man yeah man i got to tell you man I don't, I don't, I don't. Shut oh up. man and you, and you gotta put signs up everywhere throw them out um yeah. I'm, i you know when i when i used to bartend <clears throat> i the owners weren't weren't down with this but i used to want to keep a nerf gun behind the bar <laughs> You know, because it's it's a non harmful way to tell people you're fucking up. Right, right. It's that's right. lovely, actually. I I thought so. You know, it doesn't look like a real gun, so you're not going to really freak people out. It's bright day glow in color. I've been hit by a Nerf dart from my nephews. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, right. That's genius. Right. I I know. Well, you know, it was like scaled. It was, how about throwing bricks? No. <laughs> Koosh yeah. balls? Can, can I, I throw koosh balls? So no, you can't throw anything so at the brick, customers. knife, broken bottle, koosh ball. Well, We're getting there. Not knives, because yeah. I don't want to piss off the dishwashers. You yeah. know. I mean, uh, or, and or keep the wait staff on your side when you're a bartender. You Dave, know, so. Dave, these are all bloody. What happened, Dave? <laughs> or the guy who sneezes so loud. Oh, dear God. And doesn't cover his mouth. <laughs> really, dude? We got... You're just going to fly. It's a hoax, you know? No. No, it's not a hoax, you jackass. So, so you're predicting a big comeback. I mean, because yeah. here's here's I, I feel like I'm playing Jimmy the Greek with putting the odds on a COVID coming back, but it uh, it outdoors mm-hmm. people are going to be spending a lot more time outdoors. Yeah. The warmth, so it's the conditions are not there for it to spread as easily, which I think is great because I do think people are just that dumb and. So I'm I'm going even odds. Okay. The uh, the interesting numbers were the cold and flu numbers from this this winter. Right. Like we didn't lose sixty seven thousand people on average. We lose somewhere between sixty and seventy thousand people each year from flu and cold deaths. Well, people wore masks. I mean, if you notice, well, they, 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 they wore they masks. Wore masks. And they stayed the fuck away from each other. Right. And they also got flu shots. Yeah. It was a smart move to get a flu shot, but you're, with their the problem that we're going to have is the jackasses who refuse to get the shot. They say, "Well, I'm waiting." What are you waiting for, death? I mean, you know, what are you, what are you waiting Aren't we for? We all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, it's built into the program. <laughs> when will I shuffle off this mortal coil? Yeah, you know, as, as I mean, Jim Morrison so eloquently put it, you know, no one here gets out alive. Right? Yeah. Well, and like a friend of mine ends up getting it because he said the very thing i'm waiting what happens he gets COVID. 
you know. And then so his golfing buddies find out that he said, "What do you got to go, man? Fuck that! I ain't going out. I'm not playing with him. I'm not riding." The, you know, and he, you know, he gets upset about it and everything. He's like, "Dude, go get a shot. You're you're in your sixties. What is wrong with you?" And then you you complain and then, oh, I don't know. I'm waiting. I mean, I want to see how it affects everybody. We're cool. Everybody done got the goddamn shot. Ain't no unicorn. No, you know, nothing. I know. The, the newest one is you're going to get magnetized. So I've been posting all over Facebook. Would someone please help me? I'm stuck to my fridge. <laughs> See, it's amazing. You, know, you, you got to understand, understand how social media works. She's it's, insane. That's yeah. about helping you. You need, to, <laughs> you need to frame it in a way that's helping other Others. people. Like, hey. Okay. If you have child's artwork that you need attached to your fridge, I am available. Just Man. come over and get me off my fridge. You could probably sell ice to Eskimos with that. Look at that. You I, are so smooth. I, you know what? I choose not to. <laughs> this is this I'm is taking the, thing. the moral high you know, ground. Well, no, I wouldn't go that far with it. But I, I was thinking about this this morning. Okay. You know, because Bill Hicks had had the the classic routine. You know, if you are in marketing. Kill yourself. Do the world a favor. And when when I was working in advertising and marketing, I mean, I, I did have the good fortune of growing up in a time when there was sort of a, a renaissance in, in creative advertising in the 80s where absurd comedy started kind of to right, right, right. come into the thing, the whole... Wendy's Clara Peller. Where's the beef? Like right. it what? Right. You know, where's and then, this and then blowing from? up Jack. Yeah. All you that know, stuff. So yeah. it's that was the the advertising that I grew up with. You know, started with the Marlboro man riding down the prairie and yeah. rustling cattle or whatever you do when the cattle are yours. And <laughs> and then, you know, busting out of smoke and looking out out over the, the sunset and thinking, I had a good day. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, started with that right. on TV when I was a kid, going to John Machida doing fast talking for FedEx or uh, Micro Machines, the the tiny cars. Yep. You know, John Machida who had the uh, the Guinness World Record for fastest talker. He was the speed talker. Oh yeah, he was he was good. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so that's what I brought to the ads that I made. You know, you always had clients that no, I just you know want a straight read over music and whatever and then it's like okay well i'll fuck around with the musical choice but yeah if i'm if i'm writing your ad and especially if you tell me anything goes i'm going to use that leeway yeah. and the idea is it doesn't need to say much about your product it just needs to make people laugh keep them entertained and have them associate that happy feeling with whatever you're selling my buddy paul and i when we were in radio eons ago back when you were Back when you were cutting reel-to-reel tape in an aluminum miter box with a razor blade mm -hmm. and then making sure that the patch was done in scotch tape on the non-recorded side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back back <laughs> when the earth's surface was cooling. Yeah, we did the same thing for uh, a local pizzeria place, and we did a send-up of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And like you said, you start as extreme as you can. Okay, that's not going to fly. And then you start walking it into where you go, okay, this is still silly and, and memorable, but uh, it's not offensive. And Edward Bernays would be very happy. <laughs> the the sauce guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, and speaking.
speaking about using, you know, the, the marketing powers for, for good or evil, uh-huh. uh, I, you know, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I was, I was thinking about it this morning. Uh, I guess this week, the series finale of keeping up with the Kardashians aired 20 years and, uh, 20 yeah, seasons. Uh, I remember doing an offensive joke about it. Nova, you know, way three back seasons. When. That's why we are where we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but thinking about, you know, what, why were the Kardashians famous? Basically, because she got pissed on in a sex tape and creative marketing was yeah, everything yeah. after the that. The funny thing is, technically what we saw and we all laughed, that's revenge porn that got her famous, which is really weird. Yeah. That That's not, we don't really think about that. But yeah. that was the genesis for that entire wow. wild show was, yeah. a, you know, 10-minute revenge porn tape. That's gross. Right. And... You know they were, you know, the home of plastic surgery. Oh yeah, new booties, okay. new titties, new new noses, cheekbones, and a dad that ends up hey, going all the way. I yeah, mean, I, was, I, mean, I mean, I wasn't gonna watch it no matter what because you know, to date, I have watched exactly zero episodes of mm-hmm. of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah. But yeah, I I kind of figured you know the the series finale was gonna be Caitlyn Jenner like. Whipping off yeah, the hair, which it turns out was just a wig. And she's like, I'm actually Bruce Jenner, mm. Olympic athlete. And everyone's like, yeah, we, we know. <laughs> we, we did that. But yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I don't care what happened on the show. She, uh, but I think yeah. like, like Trump, the main show's over, but we are not rid of these people. No, you well, know, that, but and, that's and the, the after the, effects. Yeah, but that's conflict. I mean, I mean, what sells? You know those shows. Yeah, conflict. You need the conflict. We love. We love to see shit happen to America. You know, Honey Boo Boo well, made it because of the craziness, and the mother ends up marrying a a rapist <coughs> or a pedophile, whatever the guy was. And you know, we love all of that. That so called mystery drama, of drama, manufactured drama. drama, and the the you know that's the thing that kind of kills me when people are like i don't watch the news it's depressing or or whatever you you want reality tv that'll that'll shake the fuck out of you something called the news there is no freund like schadenfreund my friend (laughs) everyone likes a nice slice of schadenfreud pie yeah, Mm-mm-mm. delicious. Look at that misery. It's not mine. But but it's like why manufacture? Why do we need the fake when there's so much real drama out Be- there? Because fake drama is safe. Real drama is real fucking scary. Well, they don't want to deal you with know? real drama. It's like you know you can't acknowledge, you know, you know that there's racism, but I can't say anything about it. I can't right. do it because I know it's there, but I don't want to deal with it. You know, um, like the guy uh, asked me to do his uh, podcast, and they were asking, they said, hey, Ty, you, you know, um, what you, you doing podcast? And the only reason why he asked me is because we sat out, and he didn't know what Jim, he didn't know what Jim Crow was. He didn't know about, you know, just certain racial, and he's- How he's, old is this guy? Uh, in his 60s. And he didn't know about Jim Crow. Didn't know about Jim Crow. Ignorance <sighs> is bliss. Well, well but white cat, I mean, look, you know, they. You know, we, we've. Ex, you know, as much as they say, black folks have experienced it. They should. You know, 
white folks should want to deal with it. You know, they should, you know, we experienced it. Why can't well, you? Why? It's been working out great for us. So all you have to do is just acknowledge, no, I don't know anything about that. I never heard of that. What is redlining? They don't know what that is. I mean, everything. And, you know, and, yeah, and well, and, there was, there's so much that, you know, it hasn't been taught in the schools. And we've talked about, you know, like last week was, was the hundredth anniversary of mm-hmm. Tulsa and, and now, uh, Florida just passed a law this week, making it illegal to teach critical race theory, which, you know, is basically a fancy way of saying white people have done some fucked up shit. Right. And we don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, and, because again, uh, it's worked out fine for us just far. Right. Why, why and, are you making waves? Right. Well, trust me, there are black people that don't want you to talk about it. I have a friend who does not, he will not talk race, he will not talk religion, he will not talk politics with me. And I, we cover everything, any gamut of any story, but we will not cover those. And he's hot, you know, highly educated brother, but they, they, they live in a world that I don't want to deal with shit. Right. Because, you know, uh, well, what is that going to do? Well, it's not what it does. It is the acknowledgement of knowing how things got the way that they were. Right. And if you're not going to acknowledge it, then then don't sit up here and try to play games with me and tell me to move on and act like well, that this just, oh, it's see, just happened. It's just the way it is, bro. You know, there's, there's a sort of mentality, and this actually very relevant to another big story this week, you know, being Merrick Garland. Our, our esteemed attorney general starting to doubt it. Uh, you know that He's it's starting to piss me off. Well, know? it's yeah, it, it's kind of to a point where you're like, is he actually going to do the job, or is he still just hoping that Mitch McConnell like him enough to put him on the Supreme Court? Uh, it's I understand letter of the law, but you have to look at the way things have been done in this country for so long and especially over the last four years right that you know much like joe manchin and even biden to an extent hoping for you know some moment of bipartisanship that's never going to happen which mitchell already let him know dude we're done my job is to stop you from doing anything that you're trying to do which is amazing because if you look at the polling in kentucky the stuff that biden wants to do huge approval numbers yeah so same thing in West Virginia. Uh, even Republicans are looking at the infrastructure plan with a 72% approval rating. Right. Mm-hmm. That's damn near three to one. You're three out of four people are saying, no, nah, that's a good yeah. idea. No. And, and you, know, you know, Joe Manchin and his daughter are already filthy rich. They got bucks. Oh, you know, these guys are sitting up and everything. Oh, we, you know, well, we've got to have bipartisan. I can't pass this this voting rights if we don't have bipartisanship dude mitch mcconnell cares nothing mitch has already said to joe i'm gonna do the same thing i did to your buddy barack obama yeah yeah mitch, to- mitch this week said you know that the era of bipartisanship is over yeah it's, it's like just now yeah. just now you're you know yeah not not that, yeah not not a bunch of, not twelve years ago when he said right after Barack Obama got elected it's my job to make him a one term president yeah. Like, yeah. no dude it's not you know that's it's something that I've been thinking about for the past few weeks and kept meaning to bring up on the show but I remember when when Trump was elected uh, or at least when he when he took office uh, there there were a lot of Democrats in the the hallowed halls of of congress who said look i'm i'm not a fan but he is the president of the united states 
So I am going to hope that he succeeds because if the president succeeds, then America succeeds. Yeah, but that's a well, gro- that's a well, grown up attitude right, to have, right. Dave. But <laughs> but I'm saying you know, and and even you know, then it seemed naive because it's like, you know, what the Republicans define as success, right? But after four years of that. I, I think we, we talk on this show constantly about how the Democrats suck at messaging. Let's talk about how the Republicans are, rather than saying, I hope the president succeeds because that means America succeeds. They're saying, fuck it, let's burn it to the ground so we can stay in power. Right, right. Well, it's... And it's, it's not even about, no. you know, actual legislation that'll do things that like you said you know majority of republicans in places like kentucky and west virginia actually support yeah well they're all driving over the bridges and roads that are crumbling into dust so i mean if you've got if you live in dc and that's where you hang out all the time you really don't have an idea i mean you talk about living in a bubble you have no idea what the rest of the country's going for. Well, I, I disagree with that. I, I I don't think it's that they don't have an idea. I it, They don't care. Oh, okay. It's not. <laughs> no, I mean, it's because, I, I mean, I agree with you. They probably don't have an idea. Uh, but I, I think it's more that they don't care. This is This is not about legislating, getting stuff done for the people. It's about bitching and moaning and and fucking stuff up enough. And since, you know, the their crowd, the the GOP base is made up of a bunch of people who, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, they're they're a bunch of haters and know nothings. And because so not, all, all it takes to make them feel good, you don't actually have to do anything that's going to make their lives better. Mm-hmm. You just have to talk about how you had an epic burn on some libtards. Yeah. Well, and and that hits their dopamine receptors. Right. It's, it's not it's not, here's how I'm going to help uh, solve the problem. It's, here's who to blame for your problem. Yeah, we're going to own the libs. Got to own them. Gotta well, and this is them. one of the reasons why the Democrats are not as good at messaging as the Republicans are, is because it's a lot harder to craft messages that encompass the solutions yeah. than it is to just point out the problems. I mean, anyone, you know, anyone can get on a, a, a bus or a train and go, hey, someone took a dump in the aisle to actually figure out who's going to clean it up right. Right. and right. get that shit off the train. Right. And then and maybe, and maybe, you know, institute you know what that a is? rule or two. That's that's infrastructure. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and, Cleaning but, up poo is infrastructure. Well, I mean, in, you know, in no. the base form. And, we, you know, we were talking before the show and I started writing uh, because we, we were talking about the flight attendants who are getting punched and, right. and all these idiots on airplanes these days. You would think for a bunch of people who are getting banned from airplanes because they can't wear masks or because they don't like flight attendants telling them what to do, you would think the Republicans would be really big on improving roads and trains and bridges ah. because they aren't flying anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. Well, also, the, the, um, these aren't Republicans. These are not your Ronald Reagan Republicans. So they're not, they're not considered conservative or uh, like they used to always say, we're law and order. Well, no, you're not. You guys are about just stuff, you, cancel I, culture, or oh, you know, and, and then you try to 
I think they just try to clog the. You know, they try to clog everything up so you won't really see what's going on. You don't want me to. Pay, you don't want to get rid of. You keep the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Matt Gates and all this stuff. But you you and you get rid of the Liz Cheney. But you won't vote for anything. Well, you, and, you won't and, vote for anything that that Biden. You say, oh, well, we just got to stop Biden. Well, stop him from what? Oh, we don't want him to. We don't. We don't want. We don't want know? him getting credit for making people's lives better. Oh, both of you are so wrong. <laughs> Both of you are so wrong. China Joe is a socialist menace who will turn this God-loving Christian nation into a communist shithole. Yeah. And every yeah. time you ask you know somebody what? to explain that, they're like, well, I don't have to tell you anything. I don't have to explain do, myself. Do your research. Do your research. Yeah. Watch, watch, watch yourself some YouTube. The videos, oh, the videos. Right, we do yeah. a guy. But this off. is the thing that Democrats need to realize: is no matter what you do, they are going to call you radical socialists. So fucking embrace it. This is why when see you talked about the old school Republicans and Reagan, you want an old school Republican. You got to go back to Eisenhower, baby, because well, Ronald Reagan was the first guy to tax Social Security, tax you know, you know, unemployment benefits. Blow, he completely blew up the middle class by shifting the tax burden onto them and taking it away from corporate America. Man, Ronald Reagan was not anywhere near a traditional Republican. So why do there so many people praise this guy? You, Good whether, marketing. Well, I mean, because, you know, who is it? Uh, well, you know what? Our, I mean, even, even because Joe Scarborough. It's, it's largely praises, because the, uh, it's the culture wars. I yeah, mean, when, yeah. when Reagan came into office that was when he opened the gates to the evangelicals and and the batshit crazy yep. christians took away the fairness doctrine and so yeah he took away the fairness doctrine and it immediately gave rupert murdoch citizenship after being here like what a nine and a half minutes and gave him an fcc license to create fox and so for f- almost 50 years we've had just and this fire hose who sent the jobs overseas? Was that Reagan? Was he behind that? I mean, effectively, the, the thing was that by freeing up society for corporations to take advantage, you know, it, it's kind of like when, when John Roberts struck down the bits from the Voting Rights Act saying like, uh, you know, I, th- I think we can trust these, these southern states that they don't, they don't need to, to have their ideas checked. Before they put them in, you know, I think they've learned their lesson. It's much like, you know, masks in the honor system. I don't know. I don't think, I don't trust people to to have taken precautions. And with Reagan, I, I think we can trust the corporations to be responsible citizens. And, you know, years later, that opened the door for Citizens United to make them, quote unquote, Responsible citizens. The, the Tea Party came from from uh, after Obama, right? Well, the the Tea Party it was basically a bunch of racists trying to to mask their racism against Obama in a tax revolt. Right. Because you, also, you, also you know the, to... the Republicans don't hate deficits unless that money is going to help people via the Democratic legislation. Um, Newt Gingrich was a big part of the early part of the Tea Party okay. and, and that nonsense. And his contract with America, as yeah. opposed to what I like to call it, the contract, contract on, on America. America. Yeah. Yeah, Do you know how many of those things actually became law? How many of those 10 things became law? Zero. He accomplished fuck all. 
except for destroying America. Well, well yeah, I mean, Boehner, that's, that's, that's Boehner, the thing. You don't need to pass legislation to fuck shit up and, and well, put true. the money in the pockets of the big dogs. Well, Baynard even said that that the um, what is in the White House, I mean, not in the White House, but what, what's in Congress now came from the making of the Tea Party. Yeah. He said he saw the crazies coming. Yeah. You know, with the, he said he said he said it opened the door for the Marjorie Taylor Greens. He said actually, you, I, I think it started with Sarah Palin because she was just as a oh yeah, she was the gateway drug for all this shit. Yeah. Well, you know what else Banner said? Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Oh, in vino veritas, Johnny. Any, any excuse, any excuse to play that. Seriously, I mean, I just from the clips that I've heard, I really want to check out his full audio book just because I'm wondering what the blood alcohol content is. Dude, see, that's the thing. Evidently, uh, it starts out fairly sober in the opening chapters, and he just gets wicked hammered by the time the book's done. And mind you, he's only drinking wine. He's not drinking any you know hard shit. He's drinking wine. Bottles yeah. and bottles. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people thought he had like a, a fake tan. No, that's that's just the tannins from the red wine coming through. <laughs> He's sweating out wineskins. Oh, dude. <laughs> Man, when, when John Boehner, who was not my favorite human being, just cannot stand Ted Cruz, you know Ted Cruz has just got to be the most loathsome piece of shit. Well, it's you know, like, like Al Franken says, there are two types of people in, in the Senate. There are people who hate Ted Cruz and... Ted Cruz. <laughs> I mean, I remember when when Lamar Alexander re- retired from the Senate and and Mitch McConnell gave that weepy emotional goodbye to him. And you realize that he was probably saying goodbye to one of the last friends he has in the Senate. Right. And at that same time I'm thinking Ted Cruz couldn't make that speech because <laughs> yeah. he has no friends. Yeah. Nobody yeah, likes I think, like, his if, daughter if even Rand Paul like is like mm, not too close but Well, Jesus. Yeah. Well, and the that's squirrel the on Rand like, Paul's you know, the, head. The, the, well, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's another dirty bastard, Rand Paul. Uh, well, I mean, you're named, you're named after Ayn Rand. I, you, you know, I have... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, his family... I mean, his dad was a whack job from, from Texas before oh, he was a whack job from Kentucky. Oh, yeah. that, that was she... I read her book, um, which is the one... Atlas Shrugged? At, I think it was Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Yeah. But an ultra, the ultras, right? No, she was an objectivist. Mm-hmm. Objectivist. As uh, one, one of my friends in college, because, you know, there are a lot of people who went through their, their libertarian Ayn Rand phase in college, and then there were other people who read the books and just started mocking mercilessly uh, from the get-go. My buddy Jason Pettis, after reading, I don't know if it was Atlas Shrugged or The Fountainhead, uh, but in our social gathering uh, place in, in college, uh Drop by the table one day. And goes, hey, how many objectivists does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> one. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> that's that's Anne Rand. That's objectivism. Yeah. Well, I was, was she was she for? Um, she was she more Republican it's, it's, or was she more liberal? Well, no, no, no. Oh, she no. was a libertarian. It was it was all about the rights of the individual over the greater good. Oh. It's sort of the worst of, of both. Yeah, so she was against any sort of social construct or programs or or giving to the poor because that just encouraged them to be poor, which is bloody ironic because she so took in Social Security when she hit that age here. And she was not poor. No, she was not poor. Um, well, here's the thing. that uh, Her mindset was started because she her family got wiped out 
when the communists actually took over Russia. Like mm-hmm. her family was from Russia and they, they were, I think her grandfather was like a pharmacist. So they had drugstores and they were, like you said, they, they had money and that all got taken away. So that as a kid just messed up her head. Mm-hmm. She was like, okay, no, it's never going to be about the state. It's always going to be about the individual. And that's where her, in my opinion, mental illness started. Right. Right. But, and you know, and, okay, we all, you all start as an individual, but we live, but we are social creatures. So you really, individualism, you know, just like with, with, if you look at the pandemic, the pandemic, you can, you okay, you, yes, you start with taking care of yourself, but then again, humanity is about you taking care of your fellow man. So you cannot shit on, we don't have a problem with you becoming rich. We have a problem with you shitting on your fellow man and being greedy. Well, and, yeah, know, it's, so, it's the so difference you, between, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats and all you motherfuckers are here to be beneath me and lift me out of the water. Right. Well, the other, yeah, the other thing about that phrase that's always bothered me is, yeah, lifting tide rises all boats. Motherfucker, I don't have a boat. I'm, yeah, very I'm treading water, holding on to some flotsam and jetsam. Yeah. I'm well, hoping, so for you, everything just stays the same. <laughs> right. So I'm just hoping Kate Winslet doesn't, or, you know, doesn't and, push and, me off the and, fucking and door. And we keep, we keep you, you stasis treaders in line with, hey, could be worse. Yeah. Is this You're the trying whole, to scare me. Is this like the bootstrap thing? You know, pull, pull by your bootstrap. Well, I don't have any boots. <laughs> Get some. Yeah, I don't uh, have. I don't have any feet. Well, that's your problem. Yeah. Oh. Everybody yeah. says, "Read Grapes of Wrath." You'll understand the world. Really? <laughs> now read as I lay dying. You'll understand the world. Read at, at least the the chapter where uh, and if you've never read it, it ugh, don't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, apologies to the estate of William Faulkner, but dear God, I mean the the only years later, the only thing I, I took away from that book was the section. So there's like a Dust Bowl family, Mama dies, and so they're you know let the journey begin, and the youngest child uh, at one point not understanding the the nature of death figures oh, mama can't breathe because she's in this box, so I better drill some holes into the coffin. And not knowing how to operate a drill also, you know, drills into mama. And I, I think, yeah, it's not grapes of wrath. We are, okay. we, we are America letting the kid know where the drill is <laughs> and not bothering to ask what he's going to do with it. It's kind of like my buddy America. was reading this. Doesn't uh, matter. We're just drilling. A friend of mine was reading. You've got it. a right to that drill, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, it's like my buddy was reading a book. I said, "Man, what are you reading?" And he raised it up and it said, "How to read a book." <laughs> ah. I said, "Shut the fuck up!" And it was actually because the average person doesn't know how to actually get the most out of reading a book. So you have to start with you know the forward and then the chapters and you know and I'm, I'm just picturing like Catherine Hepburn and on Golden Pond. It's very simple, Norman. You simply pick up the book and open it. <laughs> and when I, I saw it, about. I, I said, and it was written. In the, it was written in the 40s, and the book's been around forever. And people still haven't figured it out. No. And so the fact that someone wrote America. something. That's yeah, hilarious. What do you read? How to read a book? See the the book I think everyone needs to read is A People's History of the United States by ah, Howard Zinn. Ah, I read. That, I I would also recommend that Go Dog Go. In a wild way when I read, they're like, "Oh my God, nothing I was taught was true." Yeah. 
<laughs> well, wait a minute. But the, but the, now now you know Larry Elder and the boys came out against Howard Zinn. Same way they're coming out about sixteen nineteen and the uh, the theory. Truth hurts. Uh, yeah, they don't. Crit- I mean, so Howard. Yeah, yeah. So Howard, um, because you can't just read it. You have to try and absorb that information, you know. And now, you know, uh, Ibram Kendi has taken it to even farther level with with stamp from the beginning. Right. I mean, he gets even more detail. But but the fact that you know that the Puritans would dig up their their you know they would bury their their say you would bury your wife and you they would dig her up and eat her, and the the Indians had to show them how to grow. Uh, uh, you know how to take. There, there are other things you can put in the ground. Yes, yeah, they showed them how to grow. Will actually produce. <laughs> yeah, they showed them how to food. grow you know, food on on you know in sand. It's the devil's work. Yeah, yeah compost and all this. They showed them how to do this because they were eating their own people. You, you do is you know you know have you know. See, this have, is this is where I I I, I don't yeah, I don't condemn uh, the indigenous peoples of america for you know being quote unquote savages i i condemn them for for helping the white man out <laughs> had you let you know, them die it's, folks it's had like, you just let them if die you, if you go into your kitchen and there's a cockroach on the counter you don't go oh cookies are in the cabinet over there <laughs> and so i'm sorry are you actually comparing the puritans to cockroaches I don't know. Cockroaches may have a purpose. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wouldn't compare them to pill bugs because pill bugs are great and they eat all the heavy metals out of the soil. So, yeah. Well, I would, uh, I would well, put them above Puritans. Well, your cicadas, you know, um, the ones that have been popping uh, yeah, out. Yeah, the, the brood X. Yeah, they came out and they had a fungi on them, which is like a, which is like crystal meth. It was like a methamphetamine. So when they would, you know, because they got to have sex right away because they're going to be dead in six weeks. Right. So once they shed their skin and the, you know. Are you sure this isn't just something they made up to get all the meth heads in the Midwest to pick up cicada shells? No, they're shitting. They're they're doing it. They're doing it because I thought it was great. So when they're having sex, right, they started they vibrate so much the, that the their genitals the, no the cicadas oh, okay. and their and their and their genitals explode along with their stomachs so they and they were saying that, that whatever that fungi would made them highly sexual because that's what they have to breed and so the guy dies first the the, the male cicada dies first and then the female will die later on and, but they got to have the eggs and then they go back under and then they wait 17 years before they come out again and then you know but so whatever the fungi was that got hold of them you know who would ever thought on your last time okay bro you, you're talking to all your other fellow cicadas and you're like dude we're gonna get laid we're gonna you know, then we're gonna you know, we're gonna check out and, and they get hey dude what do you have i got some fungi bro you know, and they're getting high Either that, and their stomachs were exploding, oh, or God. their genitals were exploding. See, this is the worst rave ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they probably have like really bad EDM in the background. Yeah. You know, there's there's like one Skanky conservative cicada standing there going, "I told them so." Yeah, <laughs> sitting in the corner, just having a cigarette. Going, it's You're evil. all going it's to evil. die. Yeah. Yeah. See, Dave, Dave could be the, no. the, 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 the. It could be a. He could be the cicada drug drug dealer. Hey, bro. Hey, hey. We only got about six weeks going, bro. But I got some. Got you know, that, I got this new. Yo, man. Got yeah, that yeah, fungi. Yeah, got, that got that fungi. Go out with a bang. Yeah. You know what, dude? She, Boy, she's howdy. gonna love you. She's gonna love you, man. You're gonna come in and bloom. Well, it's again. It, it's the marketing. It's not. She's gonna love you. It's after you hit her with this, she is not gonna love anyone else. <laughs> 
Now, has any have either See, of you tried any marketing. of the cicada recipes? No, no. Well, they're, they're, I mean, a I haven't seen any around here in Southern right. California. No, but no. Know. I mean, like back when I lived in the Midwest yeah. and. The, the newspaper reports come out, and it was like every 17 years, yep. you got to read stories about how they taste like mashed potatoes. And it, yeah, no, no? there's okay. no, well, there's, the fine ass black scientist, she was talking about it, you know, and she's beautiful. I said, Oh, wow. And she's sitting there saying, Hey, you know, and yeah, and we're going to, you know, we're going to, it's going to be so cool, you know, because the cicadas have protein and we're going to have them and everything. We're going to put some great recipes together and we're going to have the cicadas and everything. She was just sitting there talking, like, Wow. And I was like, mm, Damn, you know, I've never dated a, you know, a sister who was a cicada chick. You know, never dated. <laughs> <laughs> never had that. Yeah, yeah I hey, baby, the, you know the the thing is they're they're and I'm I'm an adventurous eater. You know, uh, yeah. I had a, years ago. It's funny. Uh, a friend of mine's dad got me to eat duck blood sausage by passing a plate to me. And going, Here, try this. And I saw it. And I was like, oh, cool. And he, like I'm chewing. He goes, you know what that was? It was duck's blood sausage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> got, got any more? <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, you, know, you can't. Like, don't tell phased, me. Yeah, don't but, tell me but ahead I of time. Do draw the line. <laughs> you know, it's like there's no Rocky there, Mountain there, oysters for you. No, I. You know, and, and the thing is, it's like overrated. By the way, there there overrated? are things overrated. where it's like I don't, <laughs> I don't need now sweetbreads. Tasty, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's yeah, that's like pancreas, but bugs no. There's like there's plenty of other stuff. You know, last weekend, see, we always devolve into a cooking show, and I think it's one of the best parts of this show. But um, <laughs> not not last week, but the week before, I uh, was going to a, a friend's barbecue. It was my first like we're all vaccinated friends gathering, and I had some tortillas that a friend of mine had dropped off. She's like, these are these are going to go bad. And then every time you know she would come over, she'd be like. Those, those tortillas are going to go bad. And I got plans for them. They're going to go bad on your counter. And so what I did is went to uh, went to the supermarket, got a jar of chili crisp. I was just looking for chili oil, but uh, couldn't find it. Chili crisp seemed to uh, have you know a good amount of, uh, of oil in there. Chili crisp, amazing. It's uh, like soybeans and, and pepper flakes dried in uh, in chili oil, but it's not that hot it's it's okay. got a little afterburn to it but uh pretty tasty stuff so going in or I, coming out uh hello came out fine okay yeah a uh, little little bit of afterburn on the front end okay um <laughs> but uh tortillas cut them in uh eighths brush them with the uh chili crisp you know like drop uh you know portion of a teaspoon throw them on a on a greased cookie sheet mm-hmm and brush to uh, just sort of spread out the the crunchy bits and I don't know was it 15 minutes uh, maybe uh, I think it was more around 12 you got you got to keep an eye on the first batch depends on your oven but 350 400 pop them in the oven keep an eye on them amazing chips cool and the the point being I got ways of figuring out how to get other delicious crispy stuff into my life without resorting to cicadas. <laughs> There you go. See, I, I think I think you're missing a, a real opportunity to throw I, the chili stuff on the cicadas. You know, it it could be there. Are, there are things. My oh, yeah. dad, big fan of durian. Oh God, uh, which I it's oh. it's this weird Asian fruit that literally sm- like 
talking about chili crisp burning on the way out. Thinking about dead think, people. Think it about like eating people. like just some of the most vile things that will fuck your stomach up for days. And whatever comes out, that's what durian smells like. Like there, holy there holy. are there and, are there are hotels in Indonesia that that will strictly forbid you from having it in the room. Yeah. It's I, <laughs> like the, the first out. time yeah. my dad like you know tried to get me to eat it. <laughs> the first thought was like, "Dear God, is that the dog?" And then realizing we're in a restaurant, there is no dog here. And then, oh God, was that my dad? And then, no, even worse, it's what he's trying to get you to eat. And also, and I mean, I love spicy. It's the way now. It's a fruit. Yeah, and it stinks. Oh, horrible! To high heaven, to high heaven. And they wow. make they make like hard candy that it's it's one of those things that you're like, how is this not a prank? Um, um like think of think uh, along the lines of Vegemite in Australia. Okay. See, but that doesn't even smell good, right? But it's it's they love it, and it's a thing there. So. It's like yeah. in, oh, in no, the East, the durian fruit. It's a thing. There, you know, I don't uh, get there, it. there are things <laughs> that people. Eat. No, I mean, you know, you you like it, enjoy it, just yeah. far away from me. Downwind, please. Yeah, wow. just I mean, nasty. Like it, you want something to take away your appetite. Wow. Yeah, cut into a durian. I have to look that up. We'll see what it looks like. Does it look like an apple? Uh, I, you know, I, I remember it's like green on the outside. I never stuck around long enough to check it out. Wow. And he tried to get you to eat it. Yeah. Well, and that's what I started saying. I love spicy stuff now. When I was a kid, uh, my dad was growing some peppers, like potted plant in the living room. They're not hot. Go ahead. Eat it. Cause you know, dad had a strange sense of humor. Um, <laughs> but it taught me early on when dad offers you something to eat, if you don't know what it is, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's See, that's why you have an older sister. I feel sorry for you because you try first. I my folks were very adventurous eaters, and they never messed with us like that. That's why me and my brother and my sister. Well, there, I mean, no, there are things. We got big you know, it's we like mom, that. like you know, sushi. Got into okay, sushi right. uh, fairly young, mm-hmm. you know. But that was that's an adventure. Mom's, for most mom's kids. on it too. Okay, like all right, you know. But yeah, if generally, uh, yeah. See, why, dad, dad would have been the guy to to. Not go any sort of roll or entry level sushi. He'd have gone immediately to the uni and cracked open a sea urchin and just Fortune. handed it to you. Well, yeah, yeah. If he were the chef, <laughs> yeah. yes. Here you go. Yeah. What the hell? And you know what? Not not a fan until uh, and I haven't been to Sugarfish, but the Ooh. the local chain. It was started by the sons of this chef, yeah. uh, Chef Nozawa, yeah. who used to have a place in in Studio City, which yep. was amazing. Only place I ever. Like ate and enjoyed uni, the sea urchin. Okay, and it's because I mean it's a bottom feeder. It's you know, uh, and so most of what you get at general sushi places, it's they you know they're just they're going for the numbers. Nozawa would only buy from the fishermen who fish out past the Channel Islands, so they're not getting the the bottom feeders that are sucking up all the the crap that comes off the boats and the fuel in the water. And it tasted really good. Like, because his thing, the house special was also known as Trust Me. And that was like his gimmick. And they had like artwork all over the restaurant, cartoonist, famous, like artist people who had drawn variations on Trust Me. But you would ideally sit at the bar, but the, you know, if there was a table, you could do it there. And there's like a little joint in a strip mall in Studio City. And 
order the special and he just starts handing shit over the bar. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, after like three rounds, still hungry? <clears throat> yes. And he'll keep going. And so he handed me, he started passing a hand roll with, with sea urchin. And I'm like, mm, I don't. And he started like without a word, just, you know, Insisted, sort of yeah. again, <laughs> forward. And I'm like, okay, you know, normally I don't, but for you, chef, I will, I will do this. And it was amazing. Yeah. Look, as long as you got the sake, you're good. <laughs> so I, sake has, I mean, when I got into, you know, I used to go to the, the um, um, Venice, um, what do they call it? Chaya Venice. Chaya mm, Venice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Off Main Street. Yeah. Town Off Main Street. Yeah. Of all the times for you not to drop the Bob Seger. Come on, man. You're slipping. Uh, yeah. And I would, and, you know, you go over there and, you know, um, I was taken there by a buddy of mine who, it was actually my birthday, and he, this when I got into martinis, and we started having different um, sushi. And as long as I could have that sake along with it, if it was kind of crazy, sake knocked it out. And I had a beer. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, I, nothing a, a sake and a Sapporo can't yeah, cure. Yeah. I, I well, started cancer. I started, yeah. Well, COVID. Unfortunately. So there are a lot of things. Uh, disclaimer. There are a lot of things that uh, sake and a Sapporo can't cure. Let's be treasonable is good for a lot of things. Perhaps medical advice, not among them. Yeah, I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> not that kind of doctor. No, I've been doing omakase since I first started going to sushi in L.A. What? what, what, what? Omakase. That's that's what it's it's the Japanese version of trust me. It's chef's chef's choice is oh, what, okay. what it means. And so, it's also a good way to score really good points with a brand new sushi chef is just to sit down in front of them and just say omakase, and they usually get a big grin on their face because like, all right, now. Just to, I get to hook you up with whatever I like, right? And that's a fun way to do it. Right. Yeah, but you got to have your adventurous eating shoes on because absolutely. Uh, but know, again, uh, draw the line at cicadas. <laughs> really, any any bug stuff. Yeah. So you've never gone to like uh, the Southwest and done the scorpions or no? But the the other thing though, and you know, I'm sure they take all the venomous bits out. I no, but I have a, a really like serious allergy to insect bites and stings so it's like yeah if poison is any part of your your stick as an animal not gonna eat you not for dave yeah just (laughs) just in case so someone getting a stinger in their butt you're not gonna suck it out uh depends on the butt but probably not (laughs) i mean you know uh yeah there's there's a variety uh but generally again not that not that kind of doctor (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I did like I did like the way they did the um where they would bury the uh the, the you know they put the cow cover it up you know built you know dig a big hole Oh yeah yeah and southwestern style yep. you know put it in the well, hole like I and they even put the head in too cuz the head you could eat oh, off beef that. cheeks dude Yeah yeah they put the head in and they would season it up and they wrap it you know and they put it down and and buried and covered it up like a giant oven, I yep. guess they would say. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, you go to Hawaii, they do that with the pig, too. Right, right, right. They do the Kalua mm-hmm. pig. You just drop it in a big hole with coals. I had some friends uh, who got the roasted uh, Filipino pig uh, a few years yeah. ago for a birthday. Yeah, just don't do the blood soup. Holy cow. Filipino, don't do blood soup. Yeah, no. Yeah, the, the, I mean, pig, but yeah. I uh, love the food. Did but yeah. the 500 uh, year old egg or whatever right. the yeah, uh, yeah. Mel Brooks. Uh, delight is but yeah not i you know try it once but again 
No bugs. But right. it, you know, just like you know, like you know, chitlins. You know, like I know you chitlins. Right. Yeah, yeah, Lead but, paint chips. Still eat those. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't recall. <laughs> like growing up in any house or apartment uh, from my youth where, oh, we got to repaint because lead. So, yeah, I don't think that was an issue. I had, to, I had to damage my brain myself. I had to put in the work. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you're welcome, world. Jump, yeah, uh, <laughs> jumping off the roof with uh, the homemade parachutes, the bike ramps. Yeah. Or we we had to, to hurt Jane ourselves. Simmons. <laughs> Blowing fire? Blowing fire. Yeah. Oh, man. I, had a, I had a buddy in college uh, <laughs> who... One day showed up there. So we had a, we had a, we maintained a table in the commons that like people would peel off and up. Oh, yeah. I got to go to class. But like we, our group of, of ne'er-do-wells pretty much maintained like one or two tables throughout the day in the commons. So you like go to class, got an hour between classes, back to Brady commons, hang with everybody. And one, one of, uh, one of the crew shows up one day and his, his hand is all bandaged up. Uh-oh. I was like, what, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. Finally got him to talk about it. He was refilling his Zippo and oh, uh, accidentally spilled some lighter fluid on his hand while he was refilling it. You know, you fill it, you put the thing back in, you close the case, you open it up, give it a test light, make sure you got enough fluid in there. And there was just enough lighter fluid on his hand that it caught fire, but then quickly burned off. Oh, shit. And he thought, well, that's cool. Oh, dear God. I got to show my roommates. <laughs> and Hey, I got really lucky. Let's see if I could duplicate yeah, this. This is the second time. Um, Jesus. You know, it's. I think a lot of us have stories. You know, I, I myself recall uh, my freshman year learning that there is no such thing as an empty bottle of Everclear. Uh, also in, involving fire and Never had that problem. I burned many people, burned a lot of things, but I never burned myself. Although I've been, you know, although my dad, when I put the, I added the gasoline to the to the charcoals because he kept, he kept lighter fluid kept going out, so I figured I'd help him. And he, oh, good he, lord! And all you saw was, and fired his ass. My brother Jay like, oh! and my dad burned his mustache's eyebrows. Oh no! My, my brother looked at me. Did you do that, you crazy son of a? Run! I was, like, <laughs> I was trying to help him. Stop helping people! <laughs> yeah, I did. A, a, we had a gas barbecue growing up, and I, it's, I'm, I'm not saying you know I would I would be Ernest Borgnine, but I, I think my eyebrows would have been more substantial had I not <clears> learned <throat> that if if the long matches aren't working. Turn the gas off before you go in the house to get the lighter with the extended thing. Oh, dear oh. God. Because, yeah, <laughs> if you leave the gas running and you stick the lighter in the side of the barbecue and click, the lid is going to open up very quickly and there's going to be a big uh, whoosh wow. of flame directed Man. at your face. Wow. Uh, you know, but we learn. Yeah. This is, this is one of the dog, reasons. <laughs> this is one of the I reasons did. that I like to say it's it's good to learn from your mistakes. But it's better to learn from other people. <laughs> Speaking of, I want to go back to Merrick Garland because I, you know, I, I think one of the you one of the to get this train back on a track, brother. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> okay. This week, the the Giuliani tape came out. Right. We also got the reports. Apple let certain Democratic congressmen know. Oh, by the way. 
under Jeff Sessions and, and Bill Barr, uh, the Department of Justice got a subpoena to examine your emails, uh, but they also got a gag order. So we couldn't tell you anything until now. And this is this is what falls into Merrick Garland's lap right. as the new attorney general, as the head of the Department of Justice. And it's kind of like, you know, like when you're like cleaning out your closet, you're going through old coats or whatever, and you find like 20 bucks. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, I didn't know that was there. I feel or maybe it's more of I fear what is going to happen is going to be the equivalent of, of America. Like as more comes out about the malfeasance of the department of justice under sessions bar. And then, you know, the acting clowns that came in after bar was like, um, yeah, insurgents around the corner. I need to limit liability. Audi. Um, I, I fear that it's going to be like Merrick Garland is, is cleaning out his closet finds an old coat, reaches in the pocket, there's a couple hundred bucks in the pocket, and he looks at it and goes, well, shit, that would have come in handy if I knew it was there when I was wearing this jacket, and then just throws it in the trash. Statute of limitations has not been reached. A couple hundred bucks still works. Well, and also, you know, they they knew. Merrick Garland, they, they told them that this had been going on. Now, the other Congress didn't know. The people who had who they had, you know, the information they didn't know. But the DOJ did know because uh, they talked to Schmidt, who was one of the. He said they had already had the information. They're just now telling people about it. So Garland's the, the problem that they and he, this is going to get him in a lot of trouble because they're calling him out on his shit. They're like, dude, you need to go get these fuckers. You see what they did. Don't give me this law crap oh this is a bit no no and like you said dave it has the the statutes of limitation have not run out well and also stick to the law fuck the optics you know because a lot of this is about well you know we we don't want it to seem like a partisan thing that you know we're going after the republicans the republicans are the ones who committed the crimes right and like i was saying earlier the the republicans are going to call you not Merrick Garland necessarily, but Democrats in Congress, people are trying to get shit done. They're going to call you a a radical socialist, no matter what you do. And similarly with Merrick Garland, no matter what the department of justice does, if they do anything Mm -hmm. to look into or take down the, the Republican criminals who were behind the attempted dissolution of America, the Republicans are going to call you out as being a partisan hack. Well, you know what? Fuck it. Do it anyway. Right. Because the way to prove that you are not a partisan hack is not to not do anything. Right. The only thing that proves is that the people who are rich and powerful are beyond the reach of the law. Well, you know, Biden had already stated that Trump was going to try and steal the election. Biden said that uh, long before even Trump even said it. He told him. He's going to try to steal the election. And so when Trump was saying that Biden's going to steal the election, oh, and they're spying on us. No, he's spying on them. He was already doing what he said, lock her up, telling he was the one who was the actual criminal. He's trying to. Yeah, for for all the projection that Donald Trump and the Republicans have done, like by accusing Democrats of the shit that they either were doing at the time or were planning to do. 
I would not be surprised to learn that Donald Trump is actually Kenyan. Yeah. <laughs> he spent so much time accusing Obama of it. Maybe we should take a look into him. Right. I would have felt better if his, uh, if he'd actually had his pants on backwards during that speech. He didn't. I would have felt better because that would have explained it. Because now i got to figure out how the fuck you get trousers to look like that by not wearing them backwards. Right. Well, uh, you know, poorly fitting trousers, adult diapers, and uh, bad camera angles. Of course, as you know, we had four delightful years to learn there is no good camera angle for donald trump and you would think a guy who spent a majority of his life in and around and on television would have makeup and wardrobe people but there's there's that self-delusion you know he thinks he looks good mm -hmm. oh good lord you know and you get enough yes men around you oh yeah oh yeah mr luther you you look fine (laughs) otisburg (laughs) Otisburg? Otisburg? <laughs> uh, meet the Luthor. Which uh, good good friend of mine had wait, wait, pitched. Wait, wait, when, when, it was a little cartoon uh, from, from Bugs Bunny. He had the guy. Marvin the Martian? No, no, no. The Elmer bit, Fudd? No, no. The guy Yosemite who did, Sam. The guys who were criminals. And they, and, and, yeah. Oh, uh, Muggsy and. Uh, yeah, 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 And the other it. guy. Yeah, 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 that was the big yeah, dude. Shut up. He said, would I, yeah, shut up. He said, would I throw a match in this oven if he were in there? You might rabbit. it. You might. You might have it. <laughs> so when you did the character, I was thinking of those two guys. That shit was hilarious. He stuffed them. Here, here. Hide in here. Hide in here. They'll never look at Shut up, rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is, this is what we are up against as a nation. And, yeah, the Democrats need to understand that they're going to call you names. They're going to try and shift the burden to you proving that you're not, you know, a, but, a partisan hack. But, but, but Garland's problem is not really with the Republicans. His problem is with progressives who are out to get to tell him, dude, you better not screw this up. We well, have an but, opportunity. You know why he doesn't have a problem with the Republicans? Because he's not doing anything. And there is there is like the promise of, hey, you know, the FBI has over 400 arrests and we're going to make these cases against. It's basically they're going after all the small time dealers right. while they're not going after the cartels that are supplying. Well, well that's and what they, they would... you, you got to go after the cartel. Robert and Coke. it's, you know, yeah. it's not. Well, uh, ironically, different coke, but it's it's not no, cocaine. I mean, it's not drugs. It's it's ignorance and misinformation well, that got, these guys are peddling. And no, stupidity isn't a crime, but shouting fire in a crowded theater is. You know, the, these guys have committed prosecutable offenses, right? And you are not doing the country or justice as a whole any favors by refusing to meet it out because you don't want it's not a good look i'm just curious why paul gosar lauren bobert marjorie taylor green um anthony biggs and i'm forgetting the sixth they all gave tours the day before the insurrection when there weren't tours being given because of covid mm-hmm. We, we know these, like, they wrote it down. I'm, I'm bringing this guy in, and I'm going to show him all this stuff. And then they turn around and sack the Capitol the next day. Right. What, if you, all the people that, Joe Biden's a dictator. Like, no, if Joe Biden was a dictator, those six cocksuckers would be dead. Right. Well, I think, okay. you know, the, the. Let's play. Let's yeah, play real games the, here, shall we? 
the uh, the the Democrats a need better writers. Always, you need comedians in on this because it's. I, I remember years ago, P.J. O'Rourke had had written a piece, and this is before he was like. I mean, he was conservative, but he wasn't like over the top like crazy. But uh, was talking about when when Gary Hart was asked if he had had any extramarital affairs. The correct answer would have been, yeah, two, your wife and your mother. (laughs) And the Democrats need that level of messaging. If the the Republicans, oh, this is a partisan hack. He's biased against Republicans. No, I'm biased against criminals. And it's it's that reversing the message. It's like, you want to accuse me of something? Let's get the facts right. I'm biased against criminals. And as it turns out, everyone who committed this crime is a Republican. But but, remember when Garland made his uh, speech after they made him, they were getting ready to make him attorney general. And he makes this whole speech and he talks about how his family came over and all of a sudden, he's boohooing and crying and everything. I'm like, okay, cool, dude. I get you. You know, and and you know, they screwed you. They didn't put you on the the thing. You would think that I made you attorney general. This guy would come in like gangbusters. You saw what Barr did. You got all the information. It's all there because they told him, dude. They laid it all out for him. He's had all this information. For the longest time, the only problem he had was trying to get civil. The, the, the one sister who was going to be the f- first black civil rights uh, uh, person, oh. that, that they kept blocking her. They didn't mm-hmm. want it, and she finally got in. That was his problem because they were holding up, and, th- and they dogged him. They were holding up his him putting his cabinet together of the people that he needed. So finally, you get all your people. You know what they've been doing, but now you're saying. Ah oh, well, you know we we're we're gonna we're gonna help Trump on this one because she is claiming that you know she got raped by him. No, dude, back off and let them torture his ass. You saw what this man did. Don't give me this law crap. And this is what makes people just give up. Well, and, and, stop and the becoming. thing is, you know, the 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 argument is well, you know, because he said it when he was president. It had nothing to do with his presidential duties. So you want to apply the law, you apply it very specifically that. Yes, he said this while he was president, but it wasn't part of his presidential duties. And if you're worried about this prosecution setting precedent, then we just have to make sure not to elect any rapists. (gasps) Kooky, crazy, just might work. But what we're seeing now is, is like the equivalent of... Elliot Ness comes in to take down the mob and Al Capone gets everyone to believe, well, you can't trust Elliot Ness. The guy hates Italians. And all of a sudden the story is about racist Elliot Ness job done. And that's what we're seeing happening with the Republicans instead of uh, Italians being criminals. And they're getting away with it because the Democrats who are in power are too fucking timid to act. They're too worried about the optics. You know what worrying about optics got us? January 6th. Right. Yeah. Well, let us not forget about Trump's secretary. What was the guy's name who was beating his wife? He oh, had, Rob. Uh, um, uh, he beat, he, matter of fact, he had two. He had two yeah, and then he was dating Hope Hicks after. Corey, uh, Lo- Corey Lewandowski. Uh, well, no, I mean there were well, a lot another, of there were a lot of right. yeah. another guy. Okay, sorry. Yeah, this guy. But was this right. was the one with the uh, with the the wife beating and the gambling yeah. uh, problems. And they had to fire him because he okay, was they, doing yeah. 
And then Trump. Not, not Ryan Jackson. That lately. was the physician no, who was the drinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Drinking and, and being Dr. Nick with his prescription bag. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, only hey, the best. Everybody. Only the best people. Hey, Doctor Nick. Um, you know, El- Elvis is Doctor Nick, not uh, not The Simpsons. But uh, <laughs> I mean, point taken. It's you know, one pick pick your Nick, my friend. One either one. <laughs> if you die, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we should close out with uh, with just a, a little hope of where cancel culture may potentially take us if if it does work out for the best i would love to see and this is like very twilight zone the obsolete man episode or various other uh episodes but i cannot wait to see trump get canceled for complimenting black lives matter people by saying that there are some very good people on that side (laughs) as well as the side that he meant to compliment But when when the woke right, the the purity testers from the conservative bench, Donald Trump won't even pass that test because at one point he is on tape having said there are some very fine people in the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's a topsy-turvy, crazy, wicky-wacky world. Well, you know, you, Stranger you do, things could happen. There are people who are pissed at, and these are black folks, who are pissed at they're, black they're still li- people. Yeah. Not, uh, just, not just three-fifths anymore. Yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, I know, hard to tell. Yeah. But in honor of Loving Day. Yeah. They, they... <laughs> Don't get you one, too? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we can go have a pork chop sandwich in Paso, too. The nice uh, thing is, is that we're all going to hell together. Yeah. 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 And, but the... the um... Table for three. You know, they, they're going against Black Lives Matter because they claim, one, have you read their doctrine or that they put out? And it's all about it's feminism and written by women and everything. And so a friend of mine asked me, Ty, do, do you, do you, what's your feeling on Black Lives Matter? I said, I don't. They're fighting for black civil rights. That's a great thing. Do it your way. If this is the way you want to do it, it ain't costing me nothing. All right? This is a free country. You want to show that you are helping and 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 to, for blacks to to as far as programs uh you know getting things done by all means great thing i don't care anything about their doctrine i don't lose anything i don't care if they're gay i don't care if, you know because eventually it'll all come out i mean it's all going to be exposed and yeah, but uh, it's, you know as i always say it doesn't matter if it's exposed if you're not going to do anything about it right you know, yeah. You know, then the, then we're just Republicans from the left pointing out the problems. Right, but yep, they're, they're sure, actually sure is bad. Yeah, but they're actually <laughs> doing things. You know, whether it's on a small level, have it, they're doing things. They're not advocating. Uh, they're not you know sex trafficking girls or any of this type of stuff. They're just promoting. And, well, their company's getting big. You see the money that they're making, and who else's company isn't making money off of whatever? You got nonprofits that are making a killing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there are plenty of Trump charities. Yeah, uh, yeah, thank that, you. Uh, <laughs> and I told him, I said, well, you know, man, that's it, you, know. you know what? It's it's all about. And again. Going back to the messaging, it's about turning things around. And I know you you didn't get to this point about the Black Lives Matter things, but when people would come back with all lives matter or some shit like that, I, I think the best way to explain it is, yeah, no, we understand that, but we feel 
as as people, as Americans, that asking the police not to murder anybody, that's a big ask. Right. So we're going small first. Let's <laughs> let's just start by asking the police not to murder black people. If if you, as right. someone who is opposed to Black Lives Matter, if you think that police killing black people isn't like it's not happening in significant enough numbers for it to be an issue, then asking them to stop killing black people really shouldn't be that much. And once we get the police to stop killing black people, then we expand a little bit and we get them to stop killing brown people. And then we get them to stop killing a slightly lighter shade. And eventually we get it to where they're not killing white people. And then they're not killing anybody at all. But because asking police not to murder people is apparently a really big ask. It is, as some people might call it, onerous. Mm. So let's let's start small. Let's make it really easy for them. Because as these anti, well, I, let's just call them what they are. As these racist Republicans <laughs> like to say, it's not happening in significant enough numbers. Black, cops kill white people too. Okay, great. But let's start. That's that's. Let's by, start with the black people. That's also the most shitty, sick, fucking twisted argument ever to make. Right. Well, uh, but if you're if you're making the argument that all lives matter, you are effectively saying police kill everybody. Yeah, but but uh, the the thing that, like I said, those are the people. When, when like a buddy of mine that says to me, Ty, I don't ever want to discuss racial issues with you, and he's black. And I says, you know what? And I always sell to all people. I said, I said to him, I said, I'll tell you now, I am not going to allow you to get away from the history of this country. Okay, and by knowing the truth and knowing the connection of blacks. And the police department and the prison system and how it all correlates and comes together, okay? And as I said to, to people like this, well, you know, Ty, what, what happened to all the kids? It's your job. It's only, you say it's only 130 and now they got, you used to have 1,100, 1,200. Yeah, you know why? Because they found out that spending $275,000 a year for one child to be locked up is not working. No. It's not working. I could spend that money to make him an Einstein. I could spend that money in so many different other ways. 275 grand? A year. A year? Yeah. This is here. Okay, but yet you don't see where we could be making a change? I get it. Do you say you want reform? That's how you reform. You're making money off the breaking down of the family structure. You just nailed it right there. You're making money. And so that's the thing. If they spend $275,000 a year on a black kid to keep him locked up, that money is going back into the pockets of the prison people. White, but if they spend white people. Oh, yeah. Let's But let's, if they if they yeah. spend that money on the kid outside of a jail setting, uh, they they put that money into social programs to prevent Right. the circumstances that wind up landing that kid in jail. Well, then that money goes, you know, to the black people. And that's just not a, a good use of money. It, well, if, it, if we give it to the black people in the, in the projects, you know, and, and the, the less affluent areas, they're going to use that to improve 
their lives and to improve their neighborhoods. And therefore, as the, the white Republican thinking goes, I will not have that money to spend on liquor and drugs. Or, you know, when you look at, you're saying that, you know, we should spend that money educating them, okay, or, or you know, helping their families get better jobs, fathers get better jobs, and, and all these different things. That's where that money, like you said, it builds up the communities, you know, because if not, if something happens to that kid in juvie, now the county has to spend money on that bad parent who's going to sue you who like one kid got six million dollars? He got stumped by his own gang homies. Uh, they stumped his ass, but you know she blamed probation. Probation coughed up six million dollars. Guess what? Probation, you wouldn't have to do that if you put those goddamn programs back into the community, back into ways mm-hmm. to get these kids to teach them how to read, get jobs. But again, putting putting the money into the community right doesn't you know, make any money immediately short term for the guys who are in the prison. Okay. So I just looked oh, this up. On, they're, they're coming for oh, us. Hi there. Yep. Hi guys. <laughs> uh, standard tuition for an academic year at Harvard is just under 50 grand. Uh-huh. So for the one year of incarcerating that young man, right. you could put him through four years at Harvard. <laughs> I, Come on! How can how, how I? I have explained this. <laughs> so I mean, working in probation for over thirty years, I have ex, I, I've watched how you you get well, you know we can you know, hey sir we can swim oh good uh, criminals can swim you get them a swimming pool now oh, okay and now they have skateboards and bikes but you're locked up. Skateboards. Let me, let me, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask, like, yeah. how many kids are getting their heads smashed open with skateboards? But no, they, they, and they have Xboxes and they're giving them laptops and they're giving them. No, dude, put that back in their home and stop wasting that money because. Well, and no, also give them an incentive to get out of juvie. Well, because well, you, you don't make. Like don't uh, make it into Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Well, because he doesn't respect you. One thing that the people don't understand that come in to say, I, I want to help children. I want to come in. And, and they start handing them cheeseburgers and candy and everything. That kid does not respect you. See, he, they, they, they look at you as they call you a, a uh, you, you being punked. And so, and then, so, one, so one day you can't bring that in. One day you don't bring his goodies in one day and he goes off and you go, well, why is he acting that way? I gave him blah, blah, blah. No, asshole. He doesn't respect that. But I think that like looking at it from a a cynical conservative kind of perspective or what I would imagine would be, but you you should give them all these things because then you have something to take away from them. (laughs) Yeah, but but you don't understand. That's why they don't educate them. Right. Hmm. Well, uh, we saw that there sort of was a black guy. He's pulling all, he's a homeless dude, and he's pulling all his crap, right? He's got these things. And so we're in the lounge, and Scar Lounge. And so the uh, all of a sudden, the rope that he had tied to him, boom, it broke. Stuff fell. He went, God damn it. And so everybody's like, damn, don't you hate when that shit happens, right? So one of the ladies in the place, she took some money. And one of the guys, hey, Crystal, I know you. I was thinking the same thing. And they were going to go get this guy some bucks, right? Just like, you know, they, they, you know, I mean, they didn't care. So uh, one of the guys who's a police officer and a Trump supporter said, what are you doing? That guy's got a warrant. And they How does he know? Well, he said, well, we, we pulled him over many times. He's an asshole. He's, well, he's got a warrant. Well, right now, it seems like he needs some help. 
and I feel like helping. So you're going to tell me I can't help him because he has a warrant? Fuck you. And then, and everybody looked at him and was like, and that's why motherfuckers don't like your ass. So, so you're saying <laughs> yeah. don't give this dude any money. You can see he's struggling. He's got to carry all this shit with him. You say all he has to do is pull himself up by his bootstraps. And it killed me when, when, when people from other countries come here and shit on our homeless. Or say, oh, and so we don't want no socialism. We don't want this. And you buy into that the streets of, uh, what do they call the streets of, uh, are painted with gold or mm, something. Yeah. And you buy into that crap. Paved. Those, yeah, paved with gold. And they are, you know, these are the guys who are coming police officers. They're coming from all the different countries. They come from Armenia. They come from different places. And they all become Trump supporters. And or, or if they may be Asian or I, look, you can be whatever you want, but don't come here and say, "Oh, look at you, 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 you these people—they're begging." And look now, at there's, you. There's there's a comedian uh, on the LA scene who I'm not going to name. There lots of problems with this guy, but he's from Canada, right. and he's he's a conservative. And back, you know, in the in the pre-Obama days, he used to go on about what a great president George Bush was, and I would very happily tell him, "Hey." Go go back to your country. Right. We don't we don't need immigrants like you here. Right. But they all say, well, you know, I'm Venezuela. We don't want no socialism. Wait a minute. You can't. And we've said this many times on the show, Dave. You can't have capitalism without socialism. Oh, They're you, connected. Oh, oh, you can. It just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because I said, I said, it'll I, just I, blow up. I've told every guy, at, you know, at my lounge, that for all you fuckers who are into. You know, holding the pail for the rich, holding their pails and holding up uh, you know, uh, Amazon. They got those things of government loans. That's your fucking money, you dickhead. He took and made a $12 an hour job. He works those people like slaves. Some of them can't even go take a piss. They're constantly on the assembly line. Ooh, he brought jobs. Yeah, there's no unions, and he can pay you whatever the fuck he wants. Well, maybe uh, whatever wonderful uh, technology they have for for astronauts to pee in, he will experience on uh, on his inaugural flight. Is it is it wrong for me to hope he blows up into a trillion? Oh fucking no, pieces? I think it'll be amazing. It's it's. I, I would I would love to see Bezos just blasted across the fucking universe. Yeah. I thank I, you, thank you, no thank you, Jeff. The thing that people always forget, and you, yeah, yeah, not only did he get tax dollars, but mommy and daddy hooked him up with three hundred grand loan oh. to start his business. Nobody humble, seems to humble know beginnings. that. Yeah, as humble well beginnings, as, bootstraps. Yeah, as daddy's same bootstraps. As, uh, as, as well as still uh, bootstraps. Gates. Gates's dad was a banker. Yeah. Uh, what's his? Uh, what's uh, well? Well, not only is Gates's dad a banker, but he's gotten him out of I think it's seven, six, or seven DUIs. Oh shit! Well, Matt Matt Gates. Oh yeah, there's a great picture of him in an orange jumpsuit. Well, he was he was talking about Bill Gates. Oh, so Bill Gates. Oh, I'm no, sorry. No, Matt Gates's dad was a bigwig in the Florida Republican yeah. Party. Yeah. Who basically know, greased the skids for Maddie to have a, a yeah, career oh, the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. If uh, pull yourself up by your Armani bootstraps, my yeah. friend. Yeah. But I don't. I don't have any shoes. Well, that's your fault for being morally. Bankrupt. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that, uh, and, that and, the far and right people wonder why I think the Indians should be should be chastised for helping the Puritans. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's the thing. No, no. It's it's when the white dude says to you, to you, you know, black guys are really angry. I said, dude, you. I said, you don't. I said, you got to go to another cigar lounge, my friend. Yeah. This one that makes you angry. <laughs> no, yeah. 
I said to him, I said, if we were angry as we wanted to be, you motherfuckers would have been dead long time ago. This this shit would be burning. I, yeah. I said yeah. I said I had to tell a guy what you know what Red Summer was. You know. They didn't know what Red Summer was. Is that comedian who paints clowns, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's your fault for drinking during <laughs> Yeah. And he says, Red Summer? And I had to show him on a map. He said, Those massacres. He said, Are those black people? Yes. Who are they fighting? White people. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to yell. Oh, so, so, wait, once again, why, why are y'all angry? <laughs> He said, but what are they fighting him? I said, dude. I said, it was economic jealousy. They didn't like black people improving their lives. They felt that we should be in a certain, you need to stay in your place. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you saw, I posted on Facebook about the, the guy who was the Ku Klux Klan. He's, he's sitting there with his mask on. He's in green. He's a green Klansman. And he said, well, we just want everybody to just, you know, we, 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 we you know, we, we don't hate anybody. We ain't racist. We just believe everybody should be with themselves. They should, you know, these people be with they people. And I'm sitting there going, didn't we already do that? And every time we did it, you motherfuckers burned our shit down. We did exactly what you asked us to do. God damn it, those black people are getting rich. Oh, God damn. Well, you know, the first time that, that anything was bombed from the air came from 1940. In Tulsa? Yeah. Wow. The first time. Dropping firebombs from the air. 30, what, 35 block radius? Yeah, wiped off the face of the earth, basically. And they have to, and everybody's going, no, I didn't know that was going down. Hey, if it hadn't been for the Watchmen TV series, mm -hmm. a shit ton of people would not have found out about Tulsa. Man, I mean, that, that, as I said to people, I said, I don't, I, I don't want your sympathy, okay? I just want you to know the truth of what is. We've been dealing with it, but you have had the opportunity and you can thank the, 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 the you know the daughters of the confederate they made sure that your history but and blame texas oh god texas did not want history any type of black you know history which i consider it's, it's american history dealing with black folks they didn't want it in there and, and they, that's and they, they were bothered by it they, they really fucked them up they said oh no you can't say that yeah texas texas strangely controls a lot of what gets into school books Right. And well, that terrifies me. Yeah, well, well, it's because of the the you know large population there. So why why isn't California no you know, doubt right? It? Yeah, no clue. Right. I mean, I remember when I was a kid. I don't even remember what the publisher was, but Palo Alto, California, was the the location for the publisher of the the main uh, textbooks that we used in in my my well, grammar school Mag growing up. McGraw Hill Publishing, which my old uh, roommate Don Neal. A nasty smoker's cough. <laughs> Jesus. But he uh, he was an editor for McGraw-Hill Publishing. And he he said their biggest problems came from the South. And it, and and he knew the black woman and, and black men that they were putting the history, the black history together, and they used to block them every time. Every time they'd go, it was always Texas. It was always uh, Mississippi. They did not want that information in. They said, oh, oh hell no, you can't say that. Wait a it's minute. Wait, that's the same group that was putting up all those wonderful statues of, of you know, for Barrett, Bedford Forest? and You know, got to control the narrative. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah th there you go. If, 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 if someone wants to understand why things are still the way that they are and people think the way that they do, that narrative. Yeah has been in, in our history 
uh, you can. I mean, as well, far history, back as you history want. is written by the victors, <laughs> right. and Barr as, said as that. long as as long as they can keep jerking the system via voter suppression, gerrymandering, what have you, they will keep writing the history. Well, Do you know that Barr was on Nixon's staff? No, as an like a twenty-something lawyer, he was part of the Nixon crew. He has been a shitty little Republican fuck. His entire adult life. Right. Uh, you know, got to say something for consistency. Well, did, did, <laughs> did you know that the way uh, Nixon got promoted or moved up, because Nixon was working with uh, Eisenhower. Well, he found information on Alan Dulles. And Alan Dulles said, hey, man, why don't you hold on to that? I can get you promoted. And that's how Nixon started m- moving up. Yeah. It's like Jay Leno snaking the Tonight Show away from Letterman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hiding in a closet, taking notes of the meetings. Yeah, yeah, and they, really? and they. Oh yeah. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they. Yeah, whole, he just didn't. Uh, he thought he deserved something a little more. And yes, his wife Mavis. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, his stand-up much better than the crap he was peddling when he was the host of the Tonight Show. But uh, as a human being, I'm. Um, hmm. And a comedian. I worked it on just, it. I worked on a show a few times. He was he was nice. I mean, he came I came down, talked to you. I did uh, I did a, a great skit on there uh, a long time ago uh, for it was Law and Order when all the NFL players were getting in trouble. Oh God! Yeah, and they did a nice skit and they said you know the Dallas Cowboys are coming to town and chick you know throw, I threw her a shotgun. She caught it. You know we go out and I got hit with a jock strap when we were chasing this one. <laughs> I said, oh, I've been hit. You know, so, yeah, well, anyway. you know, that's the thing. You people got to pick yourself up by your jockstraps. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on that note, all we people yeah. are going to call it a day. But I do want to thank you guys for yeah. coming in. It is, it is a beautiful day in Los Angeles for Dodger baseball. And it, it truly is. Uh, <laughs> I Even as a Giants fan, I love me some Vin, but there were occasions where he would – he would get into sort of the morose storytelling. You know, Juan lived in a one-room shack with his 16 cousins. One of them they had to eat for Thanksgiving. Ball two. What? <laughs> what the? Oh, my God, Vin, what? See, I, you know, I grew up with Harry Carey uh, calling the Cubs, well, the Sox games for a little while, and then the Cubs games. And, yeah, did not have any abusive alcoholics in the family uh, directly. So I had to go to Cubs games, too. Get my fill of that, that brand of entertainment. Attitude. The friendly cop flies. Really feel. Holy cow! I remember Steve. when I when I first uh, moved back to Chicago. Uh, I had been living. I lived in Missouri for a while, then uh, South Central Illinois. Not very different from South Central out here, which is now just Central. Again. Blame the marketing. But Leave. back when I when I first moved back to Chicago and took some some friends of mine who were I worked with them at the bar in Missouri. They were they were from the St. Louis area. Uh-uh. I took them to a Cubs game, and I had one rule when when we went to uh, when we went to Cubs games is no Anheuser Busch products. We are drinking old style because okay. what'd you drink? Old style. Old style. Yeah, that was the name of the beer. Oh yeah. You don't, you don't remember right? that from? Uh, still- yeah, you can't. I mean, you can still get it in, in Chicago. You know, yeah. one of the jokes about uh, the bars in Chicago, because so many bars had old style signs outside, and you could tell what kind of neighborhood you were in based on what was under the sign. There were uh, 
cold beer. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the undersigns, cerveza fría, zimne pivo, which was you know for the Polish neighborhoods, or bottles and cans, which you know if you're in a place where you're you're getting your packaged liquor at the bar. It's a neighborhood I want to hang out in. <laughs> don't necessarily want to live there or drive there. I don't want to hang out there. But yeah, it was uh, the the old style signs outside of the bars in Chicago were were legendary. And so one of my friends, you know, first time she she went to a Cubs game, and I'm like, no, nah, we're not drinking that St. Louis crap here. My house, we're drinking my beer. And, and she's like, well, Harry Carey drank, but I'm like, Harry Carey would have drank Windex if you put a glass <laughs> in front of him. Yeah, the man had a problem, but we loved him despite his faults. Keeps you clean inside, Dave. But you know that's that little rules you got to live. What by. was the um, uh, the movie um, Harrison Ford and Blade Runner? No other Hollywood Homicide. No, no, no. Raiders uh, of the Lost Ark. No, where he ran, where he was being Frantic? chased, being chased by uh, a fugitive. Fugitive. There we go. That one too. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Uh, but he had a bud though. In the movie, when you, I was thinking about this, okay, he was at, in a Chicago bar, you know. Oh, they serve it, right. you know. But I was just like, thinking, we, I like thinking, we've I said on I this show, just because you can do something, doesn't mean yeah. you should do it. Did you There's, listen to her L? Uh, well, not no. Uh, I mean, when I was growing up in in the city, before we moved to the Burbs, not really close to the L, then out to the Burbs, so no L. But then when I moved back into the city. It was uh, probably about a mile, mile and a half walk. Mm-hmm. But you I preferred, you know, you, so you preferred downtown Chicago. Oh God, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I was that I way mean, when I, I went to Denver. And even I, now, like it's I, I'm old enough where this rarely happens. But when I moved back to the city after living in college towns in the Midwest for a while, I realized I want to live somewhere where if I want a burrito at 3 a.m. I can get a burrito at 3 a.m. <laughs> largely okay. without having to get into a car to do that. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I just, I like yeah. being in cities. I like yeah. walkable. When, you know, when I was going places uh, in, not metaphorically, but literally, you know, mm-hmm. I would leave my apartment and a lot of times it's like, all right, well, walk a- along the bus route until you get to the train. And if there's a bus that comes that'll get you to the train quicker while you're on your way. Great. But if not, just, you know, walk to the, walk to the train. I miss, I miss that about San Francisco. I miss plentiful, good on time public transportation. Well, we're, I mean, you know, we're supposed to be getting there by, and I know it's, it's a ways off. 2025, right? uh, No, well, by the Olympics, uh, 28, 28. Well, I mean, I was going to say, because in Denver, you know, I, I used to live in Capitol Hill, which is their art kind of art district, and I, I, grew, I went to high school in Aurora, Colorado. This is when they were doing all the suburbs and everything. And I just really love downtown Denver. I because you know you're in the arts. I would go. To, I love the jazz clubs, the theater, and like you said, you know, um, different. Uh, just I mean, I worked at the um, one of the the hotels. The, the, as a matter of fact, the Westin. I helped open the Westin hotel uh, downtown and it was great i was a runner but i just got to i just love the the buildings and, and everything the atmosphere of downtown uh denver 
You know? Were Were you there when they started building the park, or did, were you gone by then? The, the park, the baseball park that's in that sort of. I uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah. Uh, was, not the no, that's the football not, stadium. The football stadium, course uh, course field. Uh, yeah. oh, right, right, right. I was there. Yeah, I I used to hang out. I was there before the they built it, but uh, I left. I live in '89. Yeah, because there, there, there's a whole district that sprung up around. Yeah, the, the Lodos area. My, yeah, my, the Lodos area. All yeah. of that. You know, my, my brother worked at the post office downtown. I used to always, I used to always want there was a, there was a it turned into a, like a sandwich shop. But I always wanted to open up my own jazz club, and there was this really nice corner spot downtown, across from the the main post office downtown, with these big windows and you know people could have walked by and see you know the jazz the live and music, yeah. live music and everything yeah it would have been it would have been really cool to have it but it's a sandwich uh turned into a sandwich shop or something like that yeah so yeah i'm a downtown guy i was a downtown guy too yeah just uh, you know i did enough growing up in the suburbs and living in small towns that I just I like the vibrance. I like the options. And you know, I like, like I was saying, I don't often get burritos at three AM anymore. <laughs> but knowing that I can I being able to walk to places that you like to eat is huge. Being able to walk to a market you easily. Well I and, and Denver where I stayed, love all that stuff. I had mm-hmm. a I had in my in my my first apartment by myself where I had my own apartment downtown. I had a it was a ugly green carpet uh that it had and had these, you know, was, was it shag? Was it old? Yeah, shag? old green yeah, shag. I had a water bed. I had a. I, oh, I, I, had, I had an old water bed. I had, but I had a beautiful brick fireplace. Old brick fireplace. I used to steal wood from the Victorian <laughs> home from that was next door. You know, and put that. I mean, they're not going to miss about four or five logs. Come on, you know. And the. the Oh, see, okay, good. I, I thought you were actually ripping off siding from the Victoria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they had, they had, I mean, they'd have Excuse these me, giant. Excuse me, our front door. The giant, I mean, giant, uh, you know, this cores of wood. You know, this, you know, the, the, and I would, I grabbed, uh, let's grab a few and everything. But it, it was beautiful because you have the fresh snow would come down. And you're in that area, and Denver is Denver, uh, that whole area is full of these beautiful. Uh, handcraft you know, you know that they don't build anymore they right. don't build like this anymore no. and i would go to the the you know the grocery store the, these specialty bakeries and get fresh coffee and get my danishes and grab my sunday paper and go back home and throw on some john coltrane you know and this to my my the technics uh stereo that my brother sold me for 140 dollars wouldn't give it to me for free <laughs> and my my fucked up Techni- uh, Hitachi television, which he only gave to me because his daughter turned it over and it busted a hole in the back. <laughs> so I put, uh, a, I had to put a, a hanger in there to get reception. <laughs> yeah, my brother James gave me his cum-stained uh, furniture. Oh Jesus! Yeah, the pill- remember the big giant pillow furniture? Yeah. I said, dude, what is all this roughness? Oh hey, you know, man, just flip it over. Yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus! So I had to flip that over too. Yeah, I would uh, say, yeah, for someone who, who lights enough things on fire, yeah. you were very forgiving. Yeah. Well, yeah, of both the couch and your brother. Yeah, I did. I couldn't get it out though. I tried to scrub it off. I'm not fire. Yeah, well, and I'm not talking about the couch. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, James. Yeah. Well, uh, also. <laughs> Yeah, but the roaches, I did have roaches, yeah. Oh. Well, oh, I yeah. guess the, the lesson yeah. ultimately is if you can't pick yourself up by your bootstraps, take someone else's bootstraps and lift yourself up by those. Yeah. And with that, I think we are going to call it a day. Yes, uh, but I do want to thank you guys for coming 
in Mr. Jeffrey Scott Hendrick. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Thank you for being here. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you in person or online in the coming days, weeks, and months? Dave, I have no life. Um, that's why I was so happy to do this show. Uh, <laughs> you can catch me, um, you know, cradling myself in the fetal position on my bed. Mm. Crying. Who books that? <laughs> Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> The universe. The universe. The universe books it. Well, thank you for taking <laughs> taking time away from your solitude and misery to uh, to join us. And Thanks, Dave. Share some lovely thoughts. Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure to have you here with yeah. us. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, time and Ship at Twitter. Time and Ship at Instagram. Time and Ship at, at Facebook. Yes. And uh, you can get my book, My East St. Louis, on uh Amazon.com, uh, or you can get my CD, Universal Brother, which is also on uh, CD Baby and Spotify. But I am doing a show when I leave your place. I'm going to uh, do a poetry and comedy in the park at 7600 Beverly nice. from uh, three, 3 o'clock show. I'm doing 20 minutes. And then I have a show on the 13th at Hollywood Comedy, which is over off of... Uh, um, off of Melrose. That's an 8 o'clock show on Sunday. And then the 18th, I'm doing another show at Hollywood Comedy, uh, which is there. Yeah. So right on. That's where I'll be. Look, well, at, look at you. I know. It's, you're, you're our generation's James Brown, suddenly. Yeah. The hardest yeah. working man at show is. <laughs> yeah. Nice. He's trying to build that old comedy muscle back up that we've been away from for so long. Is that what that flab on my arm is? Yeah. You gotta <laughs> it's my comedy that. muscle. Yeah, so yeah you got to build that puppy right, right back up. Right next to the funny bone. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. And with more gems like that, you can follow me, David Robinson, on the socials. I am on Facebook as Dr. David Robinson. And I am on the Twitter at Stand Up Fall Down. And if you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials as well. On the Facebook, all spelled out, let's be treasonable. And on Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening, even the platforms where you're not, if you are so inclined. If you didn't like what you heard, well, not sure why you stuck around, but thanks for doing that. Make you a deal. You don't tell anyone, we won't tell anyone everybody's happy we will be back next week in one form or another hopefully you will too until then goodbye